Hey there, guys. Welcome to Dumb Guy Book Club. More energy. Hey there, guys. Welcome to Dumb Guy Book Club. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm, That's your, what I'm talking about, baby. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Rice. And I'm Alex Jones. Hey. I'm Jacob Lowry. <laughs> Sorry, I've been watching those Alex Jones videos, you fucking fuckers. <laughs> he just had a big bowl of chili, so he forgot yeah, he was Jacob Lowry for a, a big second. One. <laughs> big one, Will. A hey, big one, Will. I think that's where I'm going to start. It's going to be... <laughs> Usually when I don't have an answer for something, I would say, hell, Lumberg fucked her from Office Space. Yeah. I think I'm going to replace that with a big bull, Will. Uh, all right. So I didn't read this week's book, but this week's book was a book by L. Ron Hubbard yeah. called Fear. Yeah. Larry Ron Hubbard. <laughs> Is that right? I don't think I don't that's know. right. I don't Who cares? It's L. <laughs> it's always Larry. Yeah. It's like in The Simpsons where he wants it. Homer wants to know his middle name. <laughs> yeah, initial yeah. It's just J. <laughs> um, um, this book is um, absolutely fantastic. I'm really happy that we're recording this so I didn't have to read this book in fucking vain. Because <laughs> if we didn't record this, I'm just going to let you guys have a peek behind the curtain here. Yeah. We recorded this before. Uh-huh. And it was going to be a, it was a fantastic episode, but the audio file got corrupted. Yep. So I had to force Chris to re-record this with me <laughs> because there's no fucking way I was going to read this stupid L. Ron Hubbard thriller book in complete vain. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad. I was pretty ready to just be like, well... We didn't do it this time, huh, yeah, buddy? Yeah, I'm not going to let that. I'm, I'm going to keep you in check, buddy. All right, so before we get into the meat of the book, mm-hmm. I want to give you guys a little appetizer. This is the foreword, and I'm going to read this to you right now. <clears throat> Once in a while, an editor sees a story that is so finely crafted that it provides immeasurable pleasure to bring it before the reader. Fear is such a work, and more, for it not only has great reader appeal, it uniformly inspires awe and top authors themselves. From Ray Bradbury to Isaac Asimov, it has earned rare praise as an unforgettable timeless classic. It is credited by literary historians such as David Hartwell, one guy, for transforming and creating the foundations of the contemporary horror genre. So... If you're not afraid of the ordinary, this story is for you. But don't say we didn't warn you. <laughs> the editors. So just some like fucking loser Scientologists. Yep, for sure. A hundred percent they made Scientologists write that, right? <laughs> yes. They have hey, to do be. you guys you guys want to mop this weird basement or write this thing about this book? Yeah, well we we said this before. The only there are two people who read L. Ron Hubbard books, right? Mm. They're weird sci fi nerds who live yeah. in their mom's basement. It's just yeah. And then Scientologists. That's yeah, it. it's just two different types of sad dork. Yeah. <laughs> One that has a lot more money than the other. Yeah. Well and gives it all to the the great church of Scientology. To the church, yeah. Okay. So you didn't read this book, so Yeah, but I so I'll play the role of facilitating discussion. Oh, okay. Nice. There you go. Um, basically, it's about this professor Uh of etymology. I think I'm saying that right. Mm -hmm. Am I saying that right? You are. Um, And this is the best part about the book. His name is uh, James Lowry. Big Jimbo Lowry. (laughs) You got your name. Yeah, he's got my name. Yeah, it's actually... (laughs) And people call him Professor Lowry all the time, so I think that's going to be a thing I'm trying to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, people start calling me the professor. You're going to have to have a whole different stand-up act than your stand-up act is No, are you kidding me? That would work in so well with the shit I say. (laughs) Hey, coming up next, your next comic, uh, Professor Lowry, and then you hit him with a great Dan Marino bet. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Hey, thanks for coming to the lecture, mama. (laughs) 
What's up, Ace? <laughs> yeah. Hey, wear spaghetti straps next time. <laughs> okay, so basically he comes back from Mexico, and he has malaria, but his doctor is always like, you have a touch of malaria, he'll be fine. <laughs> and look, I didn't look in to how bad of a disease malaria was, but I know it's pretty bad. Like, I know when my friends would go to Peru on mission trips when I was in high school, they had to take pills so they wouldn't get malaria yeah. and die. It's bad, isn't it? Uh, yes, and I think a touch of malaria is still like, you're too sick to be traveling around the world. <laughs> yeah, I think L. Ron Hubbard it just like, basically wrote this guy as himself and was like, oh, yeah, I, I probably have had malaria before. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and this character, uh, Professor Lowry, is 100% L. Ron Hubbard. He's like this great explorer, and he's like rugged and handsome and like, yeah. very smart and charming, and everyone loves him. And he's also an academic, right? Yeah, he's an academic. Yeah. He's a professor. He's the professor. Yeah. All right, so basically he comes back. And he writes this, um, writes this essay that gets published in like a local paper that's uh, about how different cultures invent different like superstitions mm-hmm. um, to deal with like the fear of death. So like, don't be afraid of any kind of religious institution. Like shits on like demons and stuff like that. And, like de- like there's oh like demons and monsters. It's not real. It's just like it's a natural human response to dealing with the unknown. Yeah, and. Um, People warn him, like, hey, don't go messing with the ancient spirits. (laughs) And so crazy stuff starts happening. He blacks out, uh, loses four hours. The whole time he's looking for these four hours and his hat. He can't find his hat. Like The hat is like a metaphor for his lost time. It's like a physical metaphor for his lost time. (laughs) And so he goes into these weird alternate realities and like spirit realms where he meets these creatures and they're warning him, like, don't find the four hours. It will lead to your demise. (laughs) And uh, there's a lot of weird stereotyping. Like, there's a Mayan, um, like a, a Mayan spirit, but he just talks like a stereotypical Mexican guy. And he keeps calling him Padre. <laughs> okay, Padre. Right now, you could literally be describing an H.P. Lovecraft. Book. Yeah, I know, right? It's crazy. <laughs> and there's like this thing falling around laughing. I don't know, it's stupid. It really doesn't make sense, and it goes on too long. L. Ron Hubbard bragged about how he wrote it on a single train ride from New York to Seattle, but that's not really a brag as much as him admitting admitting that his work is all bullshit, and he rushes through. He's got some great words per minute, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. He can really type fast. He just takes speed and writes. He's like a (laughs) way lamer Lemmy. He's like Aaron Sorkin. Lemmy kicked ass, and here's this fat, pudgy nerd. Um, so basically he like finds his four hours or whatever after he goes through all these oh, spirit no. realms. Well, we're in them. Um, so he came home from the Yucatan and he goes over to his buddy's house and his wife is there and he slips into a blind range. He has oh. a psychotic break from reality and murders them with an axe. Oh no. That's our last episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Yeah. They tie in well together. Um, he murders him with an axe, and that, those are his missing four hours. And he brings the sheriff, and he's like, oh, yeah, hey, oh, I've realized what happened. I killed these people. And then his hat's there. Hey, buddy, you can't do that. Yeah, no, you can't go You can't go around killing. Yep. Uh, so that's basically it. Um, it's not thrilling or chilling or scary. Um, it's like a lot of people were like, don't read it with the lights off. <laughs> it's just dumb. <laughs> it's just a dumb book. <laughs> and it's like weirdly creepy, too. Hey, well, that's what we're here for. We're here oh. for dumb books. Yeah. Oh, the, here's one thing I want to read real quick. Uh, yeah, please. Uh, Larry, swinging his stick, went out into the sunlight. Hell yeah. I just like that. I just highlighted that sentence because I'm like, hell yeah. I'm always kind of walking around, you know, like a 
Making the cock of the walk, swinging my stick, going out in the sun, walking down Hollywood Boulevard. You love walking in the sun. Oh, I do. Might as well be walking on the sun, is what I say. Should we go to that story about your brother or not? If I, I was trying to just remember, have we told it on the podcast no, before? Honestly, it's the funniest <laughs> thing in the world, and I really want you to tell it. All right, here's the story. Uh, when I was uh, when I was a kid, uh, my brother's favorite band was Smash Mouth, and I distinctly remember a time where he got in a big fight with my mom and dad, and like the type of fight where you storm up the stairs. And then he slammed his, he said something like, I hate this family. And then slammed the door. <laughs> Some real typical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like two seconds later, I heard the, the beginning of walking on the sun <laughs> come from his <laughs> yeah, room. I hope you all die. <laughs> Slam. It should be like a Metallica song. It should be like or like Pantera, but it's fucking Smash Mouth. He's like put on the soundtrack to one of the Scooby Doo movies. Now I'm a believer. I couldn't leave her. Who the fuck are the monkeys? I'm all about whatever anyone's name. They stole a Smash Mouth song. You want to listen to some discussion questions and yeah. answer them, not just listen. Yeah, I want you to try to answer them. Please think, don't give me the Alex Jones treatment and not answer my questions. I think the Big Bull will. Uh, <laughs> I think it'd be funny if you try to answer a couple, too. Okay, sure. Uh, let's start with number one here. How did you find the experience of the book? Were you immediately drawn into the story, or did it take a while to finish? I was immediately angry that I bought it for a dollar ninety-nine. Yeah, I was so bored with it, I never started it. <laughs> That's how long it took. It could have been a taquito at 7-Eleven. <laughs> um, it kind of took me a while to get through because it was boring. It was neither thrilling nor chilling. Stephen King loved it, though, and he's always right. <laughs> yeah, he's never been wrong. Yeah, everyone's reading It now because that trailer came out. That book is just an excuse for him to write every slur. <laughs> if you don't believe me, read the first half of that book. A lot of slurs. Um, I, no, nah, it's not, no. If It wasn't a yes or no question, but no. Number two. Yeah. Do you find the characters convincing? Are they Fucking believable? Jim Lowry's awesome. Yeah. Because he's kind of an extension of me, I think. <laughs> he's kind of this like, ruggedly handsome intellectual badass who's just walking around swinging a stick, kicking ass, taking names. Sure. Bucking sure. the norm. Yeah. Just kind of the buck from the other book we read. You're a rebel and you get rewarded for it. Mm hmm. You're one of those kind of rebels. Uh, all the other characters sucked. Uh, his wife is very subservient. All the female characters are very subservient, even like the demon, the demonic ones. <laughs> yeah. Because that's how Elrond... Ooh, what's that text say? It says, uh, good night. From who? It's from uh, someone we're going to get an email from later. Oh, <laughs> girl. Um, yeah, all the characters suck. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> right. not, I'm not really bringing it to this episode. People are going to hate this one. This is going to be the one where people quit listening. No, people are going to love this one. Lowry, I can't have caffeine this late, and I smoked two cigarettes on the way over here, but they just mellowed me out. It's okay. Everything's fine. It's like a five-minute walk from my apartment to yours, and I had two cigarettes. <laughs> I mean, when I smoked, that was, I smoked a pack a day. It was okay. All, it was I mean, bad. You're using the past tense trying to make me feel bad. That's cool. Next question, please. Whoa. Next question. Okay. What character do you particularly admire or just Jim like? Lowry, dude, the professor. Let's go next to the next question. Uh... Oh, and one of those demons was kind of badass too. Like I, I'm into the whole demon thing. Like they were like 
Okay, let me go back. The book wasn't all bad because there is some cool demonic shit in it. Yeah. It's kind of like when he goes from like the spirit worlds, it's what I'd imagine a Slayer music video would be like. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, do you feel like his uh, the influence of black magic really rubs off on this book? Like, can you tell he's a chaos magician? Oh, absolutely, yeah. That's good. That's all I really want. Um, uh, here we go. Here's the next question. Um, is the story, plot, or character-driven? Do events unfold quickly, or is there time spent developing characters in her lives? It's uh, plot-driven as well as character-driven because you kind of see the evolution of Professor Lowry's madness, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I and mean, That's always interesting to get to partake in when you're reading a book. Um, it's also plot-driven because, you know, he's looking for these lost four hours, <laughs> and you're supposed to think that, you know, it's this whole paranormal alternate reality type thing going on, like this demonic possession um, <laughs> that has taken his hours, but really he just had a psychotic break, and I saw the twist coming. I'm not trying to, like, I'm not saying that. That was the next question. Cool. Oh, yeah. You're getting right into it. Let's get to answer. Okay. So you saw the end coming? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, halfway through a book, I was like, oh, no, he killed. They kind of <laughs> spoil it. And, like, the, in that passage I read earlier, it's like, if the normal scares you, like, oh, so... You're just kind of like, it's easy to put together if you're not a total fucking moron. <laughs> and I'm a moron. Sure. But I'm not a total so fucking that's moron. That's it. That's the key. Yeah. <laughs> that's the dumb guy book club motto. Yeah. We're dumb, but right. we read books. Yeah, that and uh, start sucking or get to trucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to edit in a... We're going to put out truck nuts later. That's our first merchandise is going to yeah. be truck Dumb nuts. Dumb guy book club truck nuts. <laughs> Each one of our faces is on one of the yeah, nuts. Yeah, it's going to be a fucking mold of my nuts. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Not a lot of hair. It's uh, we got Native American blood in me. That's good. Um, or do you want me to edit that out of the podcast? <laughs> no, I really am. A, I'm a proud Native American. I'm an eighth Delaware Indian. I got scholarship money for college this way. Just checking. Um, no, I'm proud of my heritage, Chris. And a lot of people, especially where I grew up in Oklahoma, are not. And they will try to deny that they have any kind of Native heritage because they look down upon that because uh, – a lot of them are bigoted. That's a shame. And I didn't mean to imply that uh, you weren't proud of it. I just thought, you know. I'm not really proud of it. It's just a <laughs> thing that I am. All right. Next question. Uh, if you were to talk with the author, what would you want to know? Oh, man. Who's the most famous person you fingered? Good question. Good question. Probably to me more. Hmm. Maybe Giovanni Ribisi. <laughs> I bet it's Tom Cruise. Nah. <laughs> My money's on the Ribisi. <laughs> All right. Oh, Ribisi me. <laughs> now you got to edit. Oh, me so horny. All right. Here. Can you do that? I can try. Okay. I have to steal most of my clips from the internet, so I just got to find a good one of that. <laughs> just do the one from Full Metal Jacket. All right. Okay. Not the one from uh, from uh, uh, Two Life Crew? Well, that's where they got it from. Right. All right. Anyways, here we go. <laughs> do you like the way I'm rushing through? Anyways, here we go. Well, I mean, I Let's get, get to the end of this podcast. It's like, it's like our O.J. Simpson episode. We're It's zero hour here. I have work tomorrow. Yeah, this is the second time we've recorded it. All right. Um... 
Let's just get to it. Is there a passage from the book that uh, stands out to you? Oh, 100%. And, <laughs> oh, oh boy, am I excited to read this to <laughs> you. <coughs> Let me take a sip of water here. <coughs> okay, here we go. Comes at page 75. Her face was round and beautiful. Okay, uh, let me edit that out. Okay. Okay. It comes from page 75. Uh, This is when he is uh, describing this weird um, demonic, if you want to call it, apparition. It's like a spirit that comes to him to warn him of his demise, and it's trying to tell him not to search for those four hours. Her face was round and beautiful, but it was a strange kind of beauty, not altogether childish. The eyes were such a dark blue they were almost black, and deep in them was an expression which was not an innocent child's, but more a levacious wanton's. The lips were full and rich and slightly parted, as though to bestow a greedy lover's kiss, and like an aura a black shadow stood in globular shape about her. But, at a casual swift glance, it was a little child, no more than four, naive and full of laughter. The lewd eyes lingered caressingly upon Lowry's face as she perched herself upon the top of his desk. You know, you are a very handsome-looking man, Mr. Lowry, so big and rough. A dreamy look came into her eyes, and her small pink tongue flicked out to dampen her lips convulsively. The full little lips quivered and the pink tongue flicked. (laughs) With a seeming effort, she brought herself to business. Oh, no. Four-year-old girl. Oh, no. I shouldn't be laughing, but I'm only laughing because it's so absurd. Young girl, get out of my mind. My love for you is way out of line. Better run, girl. You're much too young, girl. With all the charm. That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. That's so gross. It's not, I think I even. <laughs> The only note I took after highlighting that full passage was, holy fucking hell. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely makes me glad I didn't read this book for a lot of reasons. It's gross. There's way too much explaining of. That's barely a toddler, dog. (laughs) But it's it's licking its tongue convulsively around its lips, getting ready to get to business. I'm the... The full little lips quivered and the pink tongue flipped. (laughs) It's like he's like... I bet, like, there's a whole vault of weird, like, pedophilic erotica he wrote. <laughs> right? He wrote David Miscarriage just has it somewhere in his private collection. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's gross. And he reads it while the uh, thick lady from King of Queens is jerking him off. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Um, well, is there anything else you want to say about this book? <laughs> that last thing I read is kind of... <laughs> the topper? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't <laughs> I think that's the end of all ends. <laughs> he, he just wrote that perverted, awful thing about a four-year-old child. Okay. How about you answer one of these questions? Okay. Let me read it. How does this timeless work of fiction relate to modern society? Oh. Great. If not in socioeconomic terms. Sure. Then political or general societal terms. Oh, okay. 
That sounded smarter in my head. No, it was very smart. Uh, I guess um, uh, that it's true that uh, academics are all violent psychopaths who are want to a a switch gets flipped at any second and they're murdering people left and right. You know, dude, that's kind of true. They're they're you know they're ready to okay the bombing of Cambodia. You know. Um, They're all little Henry Kissingers, all fucking wound up and pieces of shit. (laughs) I had this professor in college. I'm glad you said that. (laughs) I had this professor in college. I can't remember his last name. I'll have to look it up. But uh, he was like a real asshole, and he was teaching intro to film. And um, he made his class really hard. He wanted to make his introduction to film class. His name was Dr. Tim Sherry, and he made us call him Dr. Sherry because he had a PhD (laughs) in film studies. And he made us read all the books he wrote so he could... Collect, he'd collect the royalties for his book sales. Um, and he made the class really hard. He wanted this like intro to film, like film 1113, to be like a weed-out class. Yeah, gotta... And it was just an elective for most people. Like, I took it because I, st- I majored in film. Yeah. But he like tried to like, made, make it this bullshit weed-out like class, and he was a huge dick. And like, we had our first test, and like the highest grade was a C. It was very hard. And then he came to class obviously drunk one time. And went on this weird rant because uh, he had that can- he found out he had cancer. Uh huh. And he was like, "It's all bullshit. It's bullshit. It's like they don't care that I'm like I'm killing myself to teach you, like to mold your minds." Like, <laughs> he's like Bob Stoops, like the football coach said. He was like <laughs> Bob Stoops, four million dollars a year, four million dollars. It's not about this. And he like pointed to a book and he reached in his pocket. He goes, "It's about this," but he only had like three crumpled up dollars. <laughs> And it took every like ounce of restraint I had to not be like, it's about three dollars. <laughs> yeah, but then they replaced him. We got this new guy who was awesome. Fun. Um, but yeah, no academics are nutbags, especially PhDs. All PhDs. I, I'm going to go ahead and say this. This is an official endorsement of the Dumb Guy Book Club podcast. If you have a PhD, you're a crazy narcissistic pig. <laughs> I just find it, uh, I mean, I have teachers who have done that same thing. They have, like, a PhD in something, so they make you call them doctor, you know? It's like, there's no other thing in the world you can be rude about how much time you've spent doing something. You know what I mean? Like, fucking, yeah, like, like watching movies and then (laughs) writing things that are his opinion. Right. Because it's so fucking objective that you can say anything. You can be like, well, he turned off the lamp like that because it's a metaphor for (laughs) Right. It's great that you went to school for a really long time. I've been eating blank bean burgers for my entire life. There is no suffix I prefer. You put before my name oh, to prove man. how much time I've spent on this thing. I used to just think about it, like, before the whole cancer. That sucks. You, you sure, don't, like, that's bad. anyone to have cancer, like, maybe besides Buckethead. Yeah. I don't know why I said that. I kind of like Buckethead. He's got a silly gag. Puts that switch on his guitar and he just presses it. That's not really. Yeah, I mean, he's not cool. really a great guitar player. He just has a lot of effects. I mean, I give like... me some reggae. <laughs> Those <laughs> are the bucket. <laughs> um, okay, um, but I used to just think about it. Like, oh man, I hope he's like getting on a plane and like he like, makes them call him Doctor Sherry, and then someone has a heart attack and they'll be like, Doctor Sherry's a doctor. <laughs> And then he has to be like, like Citizen Kane is the, is the best director of photography of all time. The match edits were really unique for their time. <laughs> they invented the tracking shot. <laughs> Do you not understand that? And this guy's just like, tell my wife I love her. A lot of films explore love and whether or not it's meaningless. Look at this. It's a literal metaphor. Your heart is breaking. <laughs> all right. Now I'd like to play a game called 
is this Amazon reviewer a member of the Church of Scientology? Awesome. Yeah. Um, this is from uh, from Parker. This book was incredible. The way Ron Hubbard grips you and keeps you in the story. I've read this book three times, and it's a personal favorite. This book made me feel exactly like I was watching Alien, playing Dead Space, and living paranormal activity all at once. But at the same time, the fear was not paralyzing. The fear was exciting. It was the fear you feel for your life, and you fight to survive. I loved it. The book, I have the book, the ebook, the audiobook. Jeez. <laughs> if I ever learn another language, I'll buy it in that as well. If I ever. Like, <laughs> it's kind of on my list to do. <laughs> Just so I can be scared in that language also. <laughs> I've been thinking about Portuguese. Um uh, that guy's just a dork because no self-respecting Scientologist would dishonor Elron by calling him Ron. That's but way too casual. Don't they? Isn't that what they call him? Don't they call him Ron? I don't know because I don't care enough about them to look <laughs> into their bullshit. All right. I have seen that documentary, though. I think uh, we're split on this one. I think it might be a Scientologist. Uh, here's the second one. I enjoyed this story, but for some reason it didn't scare me like I've read the reviews of others. Not a Scientologist being disrespectful. I agree. There were interests, there were incidents which I could easily relate to because I've experienced similar. Hmm. Do you think he's freaked out and murdered a couple people before? Uh, I much more enjoyed Mission Earth, Battlefield Earth, <laughs> To the Stars, A Very Strange Trip, which I really enjoyed and wished that had been made into movies since it had already been written as a screenplay to begin with. Yeah, I think this guy's just a sci-fi dork. Yeah. All right, here's the final one. <laughs> Do you think that'll be picked up? Yes. <laughs> okay, ask ask your other question. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> We're going to get flagged by uh, SoundCloud. <laughs> Do you think so? Yeah. <laughs> what story are those? Me just playing the harmonica. <laughs> uh, all right, here's the last one. What do you mean? We use Spanish flea. But I had to use only enough of it that uh, we wouldn't get flagged. That was roughly 17 seconds of <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right? no, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. I just wanted you to know if we play the whole song at Centerfold, <laughs> we will have to re-record this episode. What if I just play it show. in bits? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's the last one. Okay, start. I have not stopped, even though it does recommend not to read alone at night. It was so good and engaging, I could not put it down at night before bed. L. Ron Hubbard writes so fluidly and so easily to get a mental picture of his descriptions of the story. A masterpiece. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> this video is awesome. Um, yeah, uh, that's a Scientologist. Okay. Because he called it a masterpiece. I agree. Are you ready to shame me for not reading the book? Um, can I read a review? Yeah, of, of course it? you can. Uh, really quick. Of course you can. Okay. Um, please. Okay, this is by um, just Amazon member four star review. Um, the title of the review is "Woo, this twist was amazing." Woo, this twist was amazing. Did not know founder of Scientology could write. Hilarious. Ironic how there is a discussion of religion and other beings in the book. Makes you think that there's more than nut scam crap idea to Scientology. Also, my name is Giovanni Rabisi. <laughs> hmm, I think I think that's a Scientologist. Yeah, I think that's famous Scientologist and thespian Giovanni Rabisi, star of the Boiler Room. <laughs> All right, you win. 
Yeah, I just want to do a bit. <laughs> well, we don't ever do bits really on this. I, this is gonna be a bit heavy one though. So let's get to uh, let's get to shaming me before. Do you really we, think uh, it's gonna be bit heavy? We'll see. Well, you tell me, buddy. And the pages in between, my blood runs cold. My, my memory, memory has, has just been, been sold. sold. My angel is a centerfold. Angel right. is a centerfold. Try not to get sued. All right. <laughs> this email, the first of the shamers, is Nicole Piles. You let an out-of-town visitor distract you from reading this book? I agree with you, Nicole. And she goes on to say, I couldn't think of mean things to say. Disagree. I think you're <laughs> cool beans. Don't like how she said cool beans. Thanks, Nicole. But I met Nicole, and she's very nice. She's a big fan of the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for listening, Nicole. You the best. You the fucking shit. All right. <laughs> this comes from David Freeberg, um, friend of ours, local comedian. Yeah, very funny. Very funny guy. Opening for Dimitri Martin up in Madison tonight. That's going to be so, great. Yeah, hey, congratulations, David. That's a kind of a big career move. Yeah. I'm happy for you, man. Um, all right. Oh, also, if David's on a show and you're a local listener, fucking check him out. He's fantastic. Please. Um, okay, so David says, uh, long-time listener, first-time emailer, you can't even finish a fucking book? You're a joke. Get the fuck off of SoundCloud. You're giving it a bad name. <laughs> Love, David. 100% agree with everything you said. Yeah. Uh, I, I just want to point out the subject of this email is also learn to read noob, which I really <laughs> Yeah, he spelled it with zeros. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. You just got fucking pwned. Yeah, I got really owned. <laughs> Some total ownage here. Um, this is less of a criticism. It's just an email from our good friend Taylor Williams, who we adore. Uh, hope you're doing well, buddy. Looking forward to seeing you soon. Um, what is the best beer for bookworms? Well, seeing as how I'm a sober man, I can't answer that question, but probably some kind of stupid craft beer. Yep. Probably the kind of beer that if the guy is wearing, like, uh, the silly hat would order. I think the best beer for bookworms like a is stout. Uh, a cup of coffee with some uh, some Baileys in it, maybe some rum. Or just something without alcohol, because that's poison for your mind and soul. I agree. That's a whole different thing. Um, he goes on to uh, say, uh, Do you ever worry that your mockery of specific books will turn people off of reading in general? Hopefully. Yeah, that's our goal. That's the yeah, goal of this we podcast. We don't want people to have to... Good question. Yeah. We don't want people to have to read stupid books. And Not just that. We'll do all the reading for you. You know, we read the book so you don't have to. Yeah. It's like scrubbing bubbles, dog. Come to the podcast, um, listen, pay us money, advertise on us. He goes on to say, what are some good books to read? Uh, uh, Satanic Bible. Great one. Um, the Dirt. Motley Crue. Yeah, Motley Crue, Dirt. That's fucking awesome. Uh, I really liked Moby Dick. I mean, it one. might be kind of hacky, but it's a really, really good book. It's a great book. Um... I know a lot of people like to hate on Chuck Palahniuk. I like him a lot, though. And uh, anything by Dean Koontz. Love the Koontz. Yeah, I'm a Koontz hound. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'd say my favorite authors are uh, Phil Jackson. Eleven Rings. Yeah. Uh Uh, Zen and and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, Even though he's a fucking asshole. That's the thing what I appreciate about him. No, it's but now he's just a cocky fucking asshole and he's ruined the Knicks. Oh, for sure he's ruined the Knicks. But I, I mean, the Knicks, why does he hate Carmelo? The Knicks Anthony? are my least favorite sports franchise in all of How history. How do you hate Carmelo Anthony? I don't get it. Um, I don't know. And uh, sorry to Carmelo on the separation. Uh, I'm not, man. You you can get better, dog, and younger. <laughs> That's some L. Ron Hubbard level. Uh... <laughs> man, I was listening to this podcast. I was really like, I heard like. 
something on another podcast about this thing called the Lubies Massacre happened in Texas. Okay. I was really interested in it about this guy just shooting up a Lubies. You know what Lubies is? No. It's like a cafeteria. Okay. And like it's kind of like a Golden Corral type thing. It's just a cafeteria in like the, I'm not going to call Oklahoma the South, but that area. Yeah. Like Oklahoma and Texas. And uh, so I found these guys. It's called the TX Files. And they're just such dumb jackasses, and they're, like, yelling, and they're like, bro, bro, bro. And they're, like, making, like, they're, like, saying a lot of, like, offensive shit, but, like, you, they kind of mean it. And they're like, like, don't you understand that we have white privilege and we're bad? <laughs> like, they're kind of, like, weird, like, <laughs> ironic alt-righty dudes, okay. I think. And I'm worried that we're, that I'm that. Am I that? No, 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 no. Okay. Absolutely not. No, no, no. No, no, no. Any, and any time you get close to that, you've known, too. To ask you to edit to it, out. it out. <laughs> <laughs> we voted for Obama twice. <laughs> That's good. It's good that you did that. I did also. Um, um, okay. I don't know, man. That's all I got on fear. Yeah, I think let's keep this. Uh, this is a short. This has been a short, compact, but a good um, one. Don't um, read it. Out of ten, Joe Satchmo Satrianis, <laughs> I'd give it two because it ain't rocking, dog. No. <laughs> It never shines. It never quite solos the way. No man, the old that, never gets that crowd chanting. If you will, that's a great song. Listen to Joe Satriani if you just want to hear some sweet instrumental guitar rock. <laughs> All right, this is this is the Professor Lowry over and out, big dog. Goodbye, everyone. Hey guys, this is Jacob. Thank you so much for listening to Dumb Guy Book Club. If you have any questions or concerns or a recommendation, perhaps, we'd love to hear it. You can shoot us an email at dumbguybookpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at dumbguybookclub. You can find me on Twitter as well, at Jack Blowery. That's J-A-C-K-B as in boy, L-O-W-R-E-Y. I suggest you follow Chris Rice as well. That's at Chris Rice Party. If you like our intro song, it's called The Skim by Rad Payoff. I suggest you find him on Spotify if you like kick-ass bands. Thanks a lot and have a great night. <laughs>